Ready, 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 ready? <sighs> as long as you're a host and leading yes. the show. The bell's rung, and welcome to another edition of the Icon Showdown podcast. I'm your trusty host, Enan Hennigan, and with me again today is my unforgettable sister, uh, Magpie Jones. Unforgettable. What a compliment. How are we doing today, Magpie? <laughs> <laughs> trying to mix up my adjectives here. <laughs> I like that. I'll take it. One thing you want to be is not forgotten. I'm happy <laughs> to be true. here. Happy to be here. And you're feeling? And I'm feeling. How you feeling? Uh, <laughs> Are you alive? Can you touch the sensory? <laughs> feeling good. Feeling good. It's almost Friday. That's true. Uh, we are on the 10th episode here. Actually, this is the 11th episode, but we're, we're recording it on the 10th of October. Um, today, we're going to be tackling 1998, and our showdown will pit the faculty versus Urban Legend, both with exceptional cast and ensembles. Um, let's see which one came out first. It looks like Urban Legend came out September Urban 25th. Urban Legends. My bad. There are plural. And the faculty was a Christmas release. Um, so Perfect. let's talk about Urban Legends first, and as you guys all know, uh, we break it down in terms of criteria, and then we determine how many pentagrams each movie deserves in each. And again, we're dealing with mainstream horror here. So in terms of 1998, uh, you would look at the docket of horror films that came out that year. These are the two that um, ultimately were the most known and made a crap ton of money as well. So let's talk about the big bad in Urban Legends. Yeah, Did I mean, she I, scare you? Ah. Sorry? Did she scare you? It, did she... Um, not throughout the movie. You didn't see it coming. Um, again, like in summary for both the movies, like totally different horror. Genres. Yeah, and it's interesting that we have two female villains yeah, um, across the board here. Yeah, two female versions, so villains. So we can say one is a different type of scary than the other. And Very I different think, archetypes. Uh, urban Legends fits a scary that is more... Um, Relatable. <laughs> uh, yeah. So ultimately you have like the pretty bitchy girl um, that is getting revenge because she, she lost her dude twice. She wasn't particularly bitchy during the actual That's true. movie. That's a good she point. She just played the quirky, kind of ditzy Yeah, the ditzy, kind of the, the vapid, shallow girl. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a whole lot to her character. I feel like the other characters were all fleshed out. That's why it kind of came out of nowhere, but almost expected at the right. same time. Right. I, I mean, straight up... Uh, we, neither of us have seen this pretty much since it was released. Mm -hmm. Margaret somehow like called it immediately, even though she didn't remember for sure. She knew exactly. Saw it in that, her eyes. Yes, the crazy eyes. The crazy in Rebecca Gayhart's eyes. And she was known as Brenda, if I recall correctly. Brenda, Brenda Bates. Ooh, Brenda Bates. So we have an allusion here to Norman Bates, Norman, right? Yeah. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, what did you think about uh, the way she looks as the killer, though? Did that costume when she came what? out as the actual no no like when she killed people uh what she dressed oh, the as costume. what do you think about that well i don't think it was winter was it right so essentially <laughs> we have like an eskimo jacket sort of thing a big yeah. fuzzy um hood like you don't really see the face the face is kind of blackened out because it's so deep set within the hood mm -hmm. but that's disguises much whether it. it's a man or a woman right there was a scene where the care the villain waves and you can, it's either real small man hands Very or feminine a wave feminine. Too. Yes, yeah, almost like jazz yeah, handy. For sure. And like those leather gloves that only women wear. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good point. No, but that's... I think it was an, uh, a, a very good choice for the type of movie that it was to just have it so simple. 
It was super simple, and when I look at it like that, I can't deny there is some appeal to that instead of uh, some of the other villains you'd see around this time. It's just like, you know, a ski jacket kind of, right? Um, part of me, though, when I'm watching it, I'm like, this feels lazy, you know? I know it's simple, and maybe that does work on some level. Um, but you know what know. it's kind of like nowadays with, um, what's it called, Canada Goose? Is like it's and they alluded to it a lot. Is everyone has that jacket, oh, so you don't oh, know who that's a good point. is wearing that jacket. So Canada Goose, so relatable now, is like freaking everyone and their brother wants to dish out fifteen hundred dollars for a jacket. Who is the killer? Because yeah. everyone has the same. Because one of her friends was actually wearing it too. And the professor in the and the guy from the, the um, professor was wearing it too. The professor had it in his closet. Oh no, kidding! And the uh, janitor had it in well, his okay. car. Okay, now that makes a little more sense. Yeah. I kind of missed that everybody had that same jacket. Um, uh, in terms of the motivations, did we go over that? What is no. her motivations? Why did she kill? She had a great motivation. Mm-hmm. Revenge. Revenge. She's been heartbroken. Her poor boyfriend was killed due to an uh, urban legend being enacted by our final girl and her BFF from years before. Yeah, I kind of like that they took a story that was kind of just a subplot within the movie and turned it into the rationale for the the killer being a killer. Is like this one comment of a professor or the dean of the student body saying, well, you had this misdemeanor or whatever it was. She was on probation right. for this thing in high school. She has a record. And then it had this small story, so she confides in her friend saying, this is what happened to me. Lo and behold, friend knew the entire time, mm-hmm. and it ended up being the reason that she wanted to murder everybody. <laughs> Indeed. And we have um, ultimately a female, uh, a prote- or antagonist rather, that is very nutty too. It seems like she's uh, on the edge of sanity and the fact that they were going to get married so young, too, kind of speaks to that, too, that all of her marbles weren't necessarily there. She wasn't... Right. Married before even college or right after high yeah, school graduation. Exactly. But, I mean, the boyfriend who ended up being uh, murdered, you know, looked like a clean-cut kind of dude. And the pictures, true. they did a flashback. It was, kind of, it, was, it was manslaughter, though, wouldn't you say? Like, his death, because they're kind of just chasing him down with the car yeah. for fun. And frankly, she was the passenger. So what could, what could uh, Alicia Witt's character do about it? No kidding. It was the character of Michelle Man- Mancini mm-hmm. that was the instigator of the entire thing. And she was obviously the True. first victim to um, to die. Yep, to <laughs> get victim. axed from the, uh, the backseat killer. Uh, I like that, that scene, though. That was a good opening scene with regards to... True. Urban legend. It's a good hook. It's definitely yeah. a good hook. Get you. Oh, and the best part about that opening sequence is that we have the gas station attendant played by Brad Dorif, who ultimately is Chucky's voice too. And then later we have our professor, who's Robert England. But we'll get into that with the uh, yeah. ensemble. But that's of course Freddy Krueger. Did she? Her character doesn't have a name, right? It's just the UL killer, sort of the urban legend killer. There was no like name applied to her, like a ghost faced or anything. With regards to how they dealt with it in the public and yeah. how the police referred to it, it right? Wasn't like a yeah, there was no notoriety given to the um, to the character. And whatsoever. the anonymity probably adds like the urban legend part. Well, of Well, they didn't believe that there was a killer for a very long That's time, true. That's and a good I was point. very saddened that Joshua Jackson, Jackson's character. Oh was so disregarded his death was ignored he didn't he was considered the bad guy at the beginning and then he shows up three days later no no 
disintegration of his body That's whatsoever. True. He still looks fabulous. Sometime later, and he looks <laughs> super fresh. Super fresh, super fresh, three years after the death. And um, yeah, it was an, a sudden and untimely death, in my opinion. It was a dick, though. He had a really horrible character. I did not like his character at all, despite your love for Joshua Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't deserve to die! <laughs> he did, he did. <laughs> He uh, was a little too pushy, a little, a little too me too. And uh, speaking of uh, no, me I, too, yeah. let's go and talk about the antagonist in the Harvey Weinstein produced The Faculty. Oh yeah, yay, yay. So we noticed that after the fact. Um, or... Okay, so what are the motivations of our big bad in The Faculty? Who is <gasps> Mary Beth Mary Louise Beth Hutchinson? Um, motivations. So kind of a cool. It's more, again, we go back, I'm not going to refer to our latest comparison, but there's the sci-fi element of this, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. does not exist in typical slasher movies. This is a sci-fi horror movie. And the sci-fi aspect of it is aliens who disguise themselves as humans to learn about humans and trick humans. Parasites. Parasites. Parasitic aliens, pretty much. um, I think they refer to uh, not the Puppet Master film, but the novel Puppet Master, where there is a similar... Um, parasitic entity that takes over minds. Yeah, it's like body snap. It body is, snap. it is, except they don't they do not do cocoons, kind of like Species I did recently, and um, ultimately when the aliens and the humans well, combine, alien the there's like a cocoon. Alien movie also like parasites? Uh, well, that's kind of interesting because you still have an exo, like an egg that implants you, but you don't actually become a cocoon yourself, they or a chrysalis, rather. They made an interesting comment in the movie about how they create these movies so that people think it's so... Unfathomable. That's, like, unfathomable that's true. That this could potentially even exist in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like tricking people, like fake news, right? So I think that it's yeah, the the whole concept of even just bringing up how in a small town in Ohio that this could never happen because you only see it in the movies. True, and actually that applies to urban legend, what's going on there as well, because people don't believe these actual things that are happening, and it becomes the the root of how our killer kills. Um, So what did you think about the aesthetic? First of all, she is our most adorable of all you know, our ensemble initially, right? Mary Beth, she's the sweetest. She sees the new transplant from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're supposed to see her as the the weakest. And she's the love interest of the head honcho. Of Zeke. Of, of Zeke, yeah. Man. Josh Hartnett, Zeke. Josh Hartnett. Gosh, give me all the Joshes. Uh, um, he, yeah, or she turns out to be, obviously, the, the, the queen the, alien. The queen alien, the one who started the entire thing. Um, but she she sells herself pretty well as an she innocent person until the naked scene. Um, are, are you talking about when she is in the pool? No, when did she after the pool? After, after she gets the, out of the pool? After the pool okay, in the yeah, yeah. And well, ultimately, she's trying to decide between um, what's her name, si- Stokely, Stokely, and uh, Mary Beth as to who's the bad guy. Turns mm-hmm. out they're both. Possessed. They had both or, been ruined at that yeah, point. Even though it was been. a little ambiguous at what point Stokely's character was implanted. In the water. I was kind of confused because she came out and pretended like she hadn't been. You know? Right. But other people Which, had pretended they hadn't but, been. But I mean, the so. uh, Salma Hayek's character pretended she hadn't That's been. True. And everyone That's a good pretends point. they hadn't You're right been, about yeah. that. Did you like the way that the alien itself looked when she became this ginormous sort of like... 
huger version of things. the parasite. Early, it was kind of early yeah. stage Stranger Things, like a squid mind flayer sort of situation. It looked like a, a grown up uh, version of the thing that Elijah Wood's character had found, and we haven't mentioned Elijah Wood, who's the main right. character in this entire thing. Yeah, that's a good point. The um, protagonist of sorts, Casey Connor. Who we'll talk more about in this ensemble, but I loved his dad in this. Chris McDonald is such a great character actor. Um, but here's my question to you. Uh, so we have this huge alien, this queen alien, and she's implanting everybody else with it. But like, is she the only one? You know what I mean? Is she the only one of that like size and actual uh, like alien consistency? You know, that's pure alien. Granted, yeah. she's able to shape shift into a human, but. Was it like was there like a mega seed, the queen seed that went into Mary Beth initially? I'm confused how everyone else has um, like a seed put in them and then they are controlled by this being. But how is this huge ass alien also Mary Beth Louise? Yeah, that's something that confuses me a little bit. I honestly think like if this were like a class assignment or you know she was a consultant for a big fir- ten firm or something, like it would be a mega failure because. You know, oh yeah, she's, she's cut, you know you have one job, That's one a good job point. to do, and you come in and so she's sent on assignment. Job, it's the least <laughs> least difficult place to infiltrate, and she lets little Casey Connor like kill her with some Adderall or caffeine pills. Yeah, Direx. Um, my question is like maybe in this whole movie, and they probably could have expanded upon it. That that this was happening in all the cities, and they put. I like the idea that there is like a representative for each town. And they're saying like, what what if you were going to take over the world? Would you start with New York, or would you start go in the back door? Go in the back door. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, Okay, let's let's rank both of these right now. Come to a consensus. What are we giving in terms of pentagrams uh, for Urban Legends? UL Killer slash Brenda Bates. Uh, it's up to four, right? Yes, out of four I mean. pentagrams, okay. what are we going to give her? Um, as a killer, I, th- I loved her motivation. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very realistic. She's awesome at the end, too, when she gets her full cycle on. She looks She's like about to rip out her kidney. Uh, out the that's why I feel like she reminds me of Dateline NBC. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point. <laughs> like these chicks that are on that show. Perfect um, hair for it, too, right? She has this huge Yeah, perfect hair. hair. I give her, like, for a typical slasher movie of the late 90s, she did a good job. Or... I'm not critiquing her acting, per se, but the actual character, a lot of motivation. She befriended people well. She, you know, also had the romantic flair with the one dude, so she had extra motivation True. there as That's well. That's a good point. I disregard uh, that. I maybe. give her 2.75 to a 3. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with uh, two, uh, three seems a little generous. Yeah, I think but, so. But uh, 275 is not an option. 25 we can do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Let's give her a 25. <laughs> Um, okay. Rules, man. You can't do too much math there. Come on. Um, okay, so the faculty's Mary Beth Louise, also the Queen Alien. Oh, what God. are we going to give her? It's hard to compare. Uh, it's a different type of villain. Uh, I think that the disguise and the persona that she had to play as a transfer student, she fit in well with the ensemble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she interacts with almost everybody. In a way that I didn't really feel like uh, okay, Rebecca Gayhart's. I'm giving her a three. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think a three is fair. Um, let's pop over to the ensemble of Urban Urgent Legends. As you've talked about, you got some of your uh, dream dream boats in this one, like got Jared Leto, all the best, and Joshua Jackson, and even Michael Rosenbaum, who plays Lex Luthor in Smallville. Yes. So these are some uh, notable a folks. Blast from the past it made me feel old, though. I'll tell you that much. As a whole, did you like the whole cast and the characters? Do yeah, you feel like they were given? Yeah, typical teenage. Kind of flick. I guess it's not teenage because they were in college. True. Um, 
And yeah, kind of they developed their own uh, kind of cliche persona. Yeah, they were kind of stuck. Um, within the college atmosphere. You had mentioned when we were watching it, it's like, it's almost they played off of the whole Friends concept, mm-hmm. uh, being in a coffee That's shop. That's true. It was like the horror version of Friends. they each had their own kind of quirky uh, nuances that made made for good conversation within mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And then it, obviously the movie ended in the same kind of way with all these different characters in a coffee shop. Um, I liked the ensemble, but I don't think they interacted enough with one another. What was your favorite character dynamics? Because we didn't mention Tara Reid's in this, right? Yeah, Tara Reid's um, in it. There, you can, I mean, everyone were kind of... I think the main, ensemble, the main connections was Jared Leto's character, Paul, uh, with, um, with the main woman, the protagonist, mm-hmm. who was Alicia Witt. Right. Her? Our Natalie, so our final girl, Natalie. as well as the, the... final girl and the final guy. They had a, a relationship from the beginning. But they that, position it like Rebecca's killer was really into Jared Leto, but we never really see them interact that much. At, right. If at all. Except maybe the beginning scene. Was he giving me yeah. the eyes? And... I don't think they put in too much interpersonal relationships no. within this. I didn't know why ensemble. she thought he was in it. It was just almost like they had um, kind of bowling balls that they were not, or bowling pins that they were knocking out throughout the, the movie. Yeah. They just like stood That's there and then point. they were killed. And stood there and then they were killed. Which I mean, does not speak well for character development. Right. And the, yeah. But the professional characters of the dean and the professor... The dean and professor of um, They were the ones who taught the lessons and had some good interactions with the characters that brought out a lot of the storyline. The most fun character that we haven't mentioned yet, Loretta Davis, as the cop, the rent-a-cop, essentially, the campus cop. I, I feel her. like we got a really decent sense of She's her character. So a huge Jackie Brown fan. I, she was just yeah. fun. I really liked she her. She lived... She does live somehow by some miracle. Frankly, mm. she saves the day saves more the than day. anyone else. Yeah, she saves the day. She is really our hero, which, yeah. is, which is awesome. But she didn't believe him at the beginning. She didn't believe uh, Natalie true. at the she beginning. She was skeptical. And she also, um, she was very, um, how you say, proud of her city and wanted to represent what yeah. it was meant to represent at the beginning of the movie. And the college, of course, too. I think she was she was proud oh, yeah, of where was she was the working. College was she a college? Was I think she, she was a campus, campus cop. cop. Yeah, oh, because okay. at the end they call her a rena rena cop. Okay. Um, so in terms of the ensemble for uh, urban legends, uh, is there there is diversity, and I would say that that comes in the form of our campus cop. Was there any other people of color or like um, any LGBTQ uh, people at all that you saw? Beyond uh, granted, I do. Loretta's character is great. Um, but that's all we got, right? Yeah. No, it's all white folk. And in terms of the ensemble's acting ability, who did you think was the stronger actors as the ensemble? Oh my gosh. Freaking Tara Reid knocked it out of the park. She ran like a motherfucker. With her death. (laughs) Her death is good. I mean, no, I was being facetious in that sense, but I I do think that she had the best death of the bunch. She's a voice jockey. Yeah, and that was, you know, broadcasting, which could have an undertone of like a subtle kind of lesson about uh, putting urban legend, like you speak about raunchy things mm. like you're being too you're, open like too howard sterny like, almost like social sorta. media now you're give, making that's yourself true. a you're an open wound as essentially we are on a podcast literally and figuratively <laughs> in this one i'm talking about horror films but we're not talking urban about legend. <laughs> our <laughs> sexual activities as she go. does in that um so no. so actually let's before we start rating that one 
Unless you want to speak more to the ensemble. Oh, yeah, who else yeah. is a good actor? Who else is a bad actor? Um, I mean, I loved seeing Jared Leto when he was younger. Um, and just, like, Do you think he was a good actor back then? I personally not seen him in a lot of movies, so it was kind of interesting. I mean, he has won an Oscar. I know, right? I know. So I, don't, I think that he, he doesn't play like the young heartthrob very well. I think he was meant for these less streamlined movies than this one. Fair. Um, that's probably why he won an Oscar doing that. Yeah. What, was, what did he win an Oscar? Uh, Lonely Hearts Club, I that, think. Exactly. I've never heard of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they were all just your standard teen, teen rom-com type characters yeah i think it was pretty boilerplate there was nobody that really like wowed me who i probably enjoyed the most because you don't see him in his freddy krueger makeup was the professor robert england i think yeah. i think he was sufficiently creepy when he came into the scene you could tell that and when they break into his office and he's behind the door that's one of yeah. my like favorite yeah, moments good, he's like can i help you or whatever it was good i think okay so are we gonna go on to the ensemble yeah let's faculty. talk about the ensemble for the faculty which we have a lot of a-listers in this puppy yeah i like their ensemble it's pretty amazing i thought everyone had great character development I thought they interacted very well together each of them had different relationships with one another mm -hmm. there was conflict True. there was comedy there was yeah. romance oh so good uh, it's well written as far as I'm pretty sure this is another Kevin Williamson uh, mm -hmm. who also wrote Scream yep. right Wait, what about that okay yeah. uh, so that says a lot we have very sharp dialogue all the characters are well formed they're not just boilerplate um, in the same way I feel like Urban Legends characters and they were. weren't like cookie cutter good looking folks and it, this, the script is strong enough to get really big players in small roles. As I mentioned, yeah. Christopher McDonald, the villain from uh, Happy Gilmore, is uh, Elijah Wood's dad. You also have Selma Hayek John pop out of nowhere. John Stewart! I know. That's such I a great scene. When he got stabbed in the eye, I was like, that's a good old scene. But even before he becomes an alien, I love the scene with him as an actual science teacher. It seemed like so he's really... intrigued. He reminded me of a lot of science it, teachers that yeah. I've actually worked with. Yeah, um, I didn't like when he became a bad guy. I know, that was a bummer. And then ultimately died. Yeah. And then, of course, you have Danny Masterson from that 70s show. It's yeah. like just this kind of one-off druggy character. Yeah, um, I, at first too. I had to take a double take. I was like, is, is it possible for him to even be in this at this point? Who is your favorite faculty member? Uh, because you know what we did? We actually, when we were talking about the antagonist, we only focused on Maribeth Louise. Yeah. But frankly, it's called the, the faculty. The leader and you was obviously on, the coach. Right. But I think the most conniving was who I thought was Debbie Reynolds, and I kind of feel bad that it's Ooh, not Debbie. Mrs. Karen Olson. <laughs> I thought it was. I was like, she, yeah, she's looking good. Hyper Lori, <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, yeah, she. Um, Cause she the very opening scene she changed oh that's right changed the what was up with that because remember the coach he gets scratched by Bebe Newworth ultimately yeah. Lilith from Cheers and Frasier uh -huh. um, and then that scratch is still on Robert Patrick's face yeah, they show it but she was straight up by a Mrs Olsen stabbed Stab. with scissors right in the chest and the next day she's wearing yeah a I, I know very revealing that I you, that you should well. see the scars sort of thing. Uh, they did a good job at the end with the other teacher with the because she got her head cut off with cutting or putting oh, a scarf around right. her when she oh that's a good point Famke Jansen of course um, is our sexualized teacher mm -hmm. in it who has this strange relationship also another good ensemble character though because she has that dynamic with Zeke that uh, which also uh, surrounds itself around the fact that he's dealing these drugs mm -hmm. that end up being the weapon that kills That's the true. villain. It all is so well written, and I hate to say that about a silly movie like this, but yeah, I thought it is. everything tied in 
really well. And uh, I was going to go somewhere with that. No, I think it's interesting. Uh, you do bring up the drug stuff. When we get to deeper meanings, we'll talk more about it because it's almost like a pro-drug movie in some weird way. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not really How critical of drugs. How do you prove you're the real you? You do Take drugs. drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did find that interesting. Usher has a role in it. Oh yeah, wasn't a really great role. Um, I it know, was it was okay. I remember him coming out in that movie when the entire football team is chasing Elijah Woods in the parking lot. That's spooky, you know. There's something, especially yeah, he's all, the nerd and he hates Jack. They all go at the same beat. Like that was cool. Walking. That was a great scene. And it was almost like it was kind of a zombie movie when he's stuck in the bus and they start all putting their hands on the window when he has Delilah kind of trying to seduce him into becoming an alien. Yeah, poor Delilah got kicked off pretty early, didn't she? She did. You thought she'd be one who. You know would, what I just like, realized. The end. Uh, so we have the T one thousand from Terminator and Robert Patrick. He was the liquid metal Terminator in Terminator two, who's our coach. That's coach. Um, right, and yeah. strangely, John Stewart's character's name is Mr. Edward Furlong, and John Connor's actor in Terminator two was Ed Furlong. I don't know. That's that's kind of bizarre to me. I don't know if that was conscious no, or not. Tie in together. Yeah, that is kind of bizarro. Okay, so if we gave, oh, actually, we haven't given Urban Legends Ensemble a rating. What are we giving out of? Oh, I gave it a four. I thought it was great ensemble. Urban Legends. Oh, we sorry. didn't do that one yet. Oh, I thought we were about to see. Um, Urban Legends has two. Yeah. I don't think they tied in very well together. I think two is almost generous. Even. I think it's a little generous too. We could do one point five on that. Uh. I it was so detached. Yeah, no, I'm done. Well, let's give yeah. it a 1.5. I think that's fair, and yeah. I'm with you. I will give the ensemble for Faculty of Four. Yeah, I think it's one of my Is favorite Summer ensembles Phoenix in any horror related movie. Related to River Phoenix and Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I do believe do believe so. Who's that? That's and the what? Forget You Girl. Forget You Girl. Forget You Boy. I don't remember. Oh yes, Where absolutely. Um, believe it or not, the Forget You Boy. Uh, plays like Billy Loomis's character in Scary Movie. Um, he's he's yeah. been in a lot of stuff too. Uh, that's kind of interesting. It was okay. the girl and the, and the guy that were fighting before they become aliens on the bench. Oh really my briefly. god! Yes, super small part. Yeah, it was, but, but it was the first thing that the main characters noticed there was something weird. Exactly. Going on in How the are they suddenly and getting? And then along. Johnny Masters, the same character, comes up and tries to get all the drugs from. Zeke and Zeke realizes that why are they asking for all these drugs? That's true. It must be something more? good. Get in your car. And he hides it in his pocket. Right, right. Woo! <laughs> all such in moderation. Well, such a well-written freaking movie. It was. Okay. No, it's very strong. Um, okay, so we give Faculty Four. We give uh, Urban Legends one point five in terms of yeah. our ensemble. So let's let's hone in on the surviving final girl or guy or both mm -hmm. um, in Urban Legends. I know you, you didn't love Alicia Witt, did you? No. She's boring. Uh, I, I wanted a little bit more. I don't. She's I honestly think she's boring. Too realistic, like she was too kind of basic. What I did like about her is that she didn't have like a feminine sort of voice, and she was. It kind of reminded me of the lead in Popcorn. Um, ultimately, it's a little gruffer. It's a little more masculine. So I did appreciate that it was not mm. a normal sort of casting in terms of her voice. Um, mm. I appreciate that, but I, I agree with you that uh, there was nothing like. St I felt her acting was too I don't know. I don't think hammy. there was chemistry between her and Jared Leto, no. and I think that um, she she showed detachment between her and her roommates, mm -hmm. and like I forgot about her roommate dying. Yeah, right. so there was like in her and Joshua Jack. It, it was just very all little um, high detached. Kind I think of static, basically. Yeah. 
I think um, she's a theater actor more than a film actor person. Yes, I, I think, think she's she plays too, too big. She's almost too stoic yeah. for kind of that type of role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, she should be in. Yeah, she should be a ballerina. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, but Jared Leto survives. Did you like his uh, attempt to save her there? Remember yes, the- I thought he did. I liked that scene. That was a good scene. He tries to reverse psychology. He almost looks like he's a bad guy, mm-hmm. and that's why I think I had these flashbacks that he was the one who did it because I th- I felt that I remember that scene of him coming out and just being almost you question whether he was good or bad. Yeah, I thought that was one of the stronger moments in the movie. Um, and then they get in the car and then you almost think he's bad again when he's that's like That's true. Where's the twist? Yeah. That's a good point. We are forgetting that ultimately Loretta Devine's Reese Wilson, the rent-a-cop, is a real like, heroin. She is kinda. Mm-hmm. I mean ultimately Alicia Witt isn't able to save herself ever. No, you know, she runs she's and runs even and... more of a victim than uh, Jennifer Aniston there in the Leprechaun. That we about. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, okay, so what are we gonna? Uh, actually, let's let's go and talk about the faculty's finals mm-hmm. um, because ultimately so the we faculty, only have two. Not a lot of people died in the faculty. I was thinking about. Let's this. consider them being converted as death. Okay. Uh, okay. So the only they people all come that back and live at the end. Well, the principal ain't coming back from that. No. Right? You're right. Um, there's one other person that they, like, died, they, died. Remember they were doing the story at the end, like the news crew were there, and like suspicious disappearances of 20 or uh, some faculty members. The so John Stewart's character, right? Yeah. He ain't coming back. No. And yeah, the, the principal. But yeah, you're saying anyone who... Anyone who's converted as a, a metaphoric death to me. Oh, so um, Stan? Everyone dies except for Zeke and uh, Casey. Zeke? Zeke and Casey. Zeke is knocked out, not That's converted. That's true. Everyone dies except for Zeke and Casey. But he's kind of the hero up till then. Zeke is really kind of the one that's Zeke's like the, the alpha, one. really taking mm-hmm. charge. He's the one that oh, has yeah. the drugs. Oh, yeah. Josh Hartnett. Um, Get out. Uh, Frodo is the one that pulls it out in the end. It always is the nerd. Yes. Um, I like the way they put him. There's always that Stephen King kid in high school. And yeah. You just happen to be that one. Yeah, and he's, of course, friends with our... LGBT character who's mm-hmm. played by Stokely, who true, uh, is but she's not, not LGBT. I know that's so problematic. That was a little problematic. Yeah. I thought I was like, let her, let you're gonna cast. It. I, know. I don't know, but maybe to her, to her. I don't know. It's a weird time. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, we didn't talk at all about Jordana Brewster's Delilah though in the faculty. Did you like her? Did you? Like yes. Her? <laughs> <laughs> I thought she did really well with it. I, there's the one shot where her and Elijah are in the stalls after they'd both seen what happened to Salma Hayek's nurse. Yeah. Um, where they're kind of like in the closet. The, the next day, when they're both forced to go back to school. Uh, yeah, the closet scene with those two is great too. I feel like they did have fun chemistry. Personally, I actually yeah. kind of half believe. Um, oh no, I know you don't. Um, but it was really the next day when she comes back incognito. She's wearing the glasses. Um, isn't as gussied up as she mm. was uh, normally. Mm-hmm. I felt like when she kept looking out the little crack in the stall, I don't know, that's one of the, the scenes that is just ingrained in my head, just the look of her looking through the stall to see if anybody's listening. I don't know, it just the got stall. to me. What stall? The bathroom stall. They're hiding in the bathroom together that next day, talking oh. about what they'd seen the day before. Uh, huh? Um yeah, I mean, the fact that she went incognito to begin with with the glasses and stuff. Was she already she... changed then? When was she changed? That night? That's a good question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good question. I didn't even think about it. I think she was already changed. I think she got changed that night when they tried to call her and they couldn't get a hold of her. I think uh, that's the insinuation she it, was it gotten Because got to. it to the parents because the parents... Right. 
They ne- yeah, I never even thought well, about think, when she changed. Because they bring that up when they're forcing everybody to do drugs. They're like, well, you're totally different than yesterday. Look at you with your glasses. And she says, I'm yeah. incognito, but she still showed up at school. Why would she what show up at school? What was the main thing that showed you went from a human to an alien? It was a... Complacency. It's like when we talk about deeper oh, meaning. Oh, because she didn't care about putting her hairspray in. She didn't care about... Um, and then when Stan came and poured out the... Uh, that was a scene that I remember vividly for how many times I've seen this movie, maybe twice, three times, but him being at the door and being like, let me in, let me in, let me in. Mm. And then, uh, takes the powder and just pours it and looks at Stokely and says, it's so much better out here. It's so much better. You don't have to worry about anything. And you know, it's, it is almost pro drug. I want to talk more about that in the deeper meaning because I just actually thought of how it's not. Oh, interesting. Um, In an interesting way. Um, Okay, so when we talk about the the final character for that, their means of escape, did you like the way that Elijah Wood ultimately takes down Mary Beth as the I don't think that's even freaking realistic. I know. A little bit of So the bleachers squeeze in on her, right? Oh, but then he stabs her in the eye with the last couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ultimately, she was crushed by the bleachers. Oh, She's crushed okay, by the bleachers, it. but those are strong-ass bleachers, and I'm surprised they wouldn't have some mechanism to stop when they no, feel something. No, I've heard something. people die in those types. Oh, they're scary. The way yeah. those things collapsed, uh, yeah. I think it was crushed, and then he finished her off with the last couple of diuretic uh, sticks in the mm. eye uh, to burst that bubble. Can you imagine if the, the bleachers didn't stop, and then the alien just crushed into Elijah Wood's character? <laughs> That would be more realistic. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But we have God, a God, what a horrible death. <laughs> he throws the ring into the volcano, um, yeah. as he's so good at doing. And then Zeke's character was passed out, or he got knocked out. Yeah, he was knocked out. Um, in he essentially he was he helped uh, Casey survive when they were in the locker room because they were kind of sneaking around like it was almost a Jurassic Park, the Raptors in the kitchen mm-hmm. sort of moment. <laughs> Um, so in terms of iconic status, do you think that Elijah Wood character is iconic as a final character? His character is not iconic. I didn't actually remember him in the faculty yeah. before watching it again. because the ensemble's so good. Yeah. So I almost remember Skyler, I can't even say the name, Stokes' character, Stokely. Mm-hmm. keep thinking of Skyler. Her character aligns with this movie a lot, maybe because it was one of that actress's main movies of the time. And I yeah. know she's been in a lot more stuff since. But also Josh Hartnett's character. It, you look up him on any social media, and most of the pictures come from this or Pearl Harbor. Or Virgin <laughs> Suicides, maybe? Is it oh, Virgin Suicides, one too. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's rate them then in terms of our final characters. What are we giving our Alicia Witt? And Natalie, let her, her character's Natalie Simon, and then we can even add Loretta one. Devine in there. Even Loretta Devine, the, the rent-a-cop that saves the I'll day? I'll give rent-a-cop two. I'll give her one. So, we add, so two combined. Right? A 1 and a 2 equals a 1.5. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, fine. 1.5 it is. And then our surviving characters for faculty? Uh, 2.5? Okay, I'll do 2.5. I'll compromise. Because I love everybody on this silly. I don't really have a bias, but I actually just think it was a well written movie. Completely, but in terms of like. This isn't a Sydney from Scream forever final character. You know what I mean? I think that's really yeah. what what I'm trying to like get at with this. Uh, gotcha. Uh, you gotcha. know what I'm saying? Like the yeah, iconic oh, final okay. person. Okay, so yeah, Elijah Wood. You couldn't do another faculty and be like, oh my god, I've been wondering what that character's been up to. <laughs> 
I would highly suggest you watch Cooties, where he plays the teacher then, where all the little kids become zombies. Great movie. It's a lot like The Faculty, uh, actually. Really? Yeah. Elijah Wood? Yes, yes. It's, never it's heard of it. strangely similar, but instead of aliens, the kids are the ones that first become zombies and start turning the teachers into okay, zombies. Okay, so kid scary movies? Never assign me one of those. <laughs> Fair, enough. Those Fair enough. Fair enough. Leprechaun's close, though. He looks like a kid. <sighs> um, let's talk about the setting, then, in Urban Legend. Did you like the Pendleton University, the way... Um, that was set up, the feel of it, the ambience, the mood. What did it do for you? Yeah, you know, your typical Northeastern college um, coffee shop. You got your offices of the those who are in charge and control the scene. You got your police officer campus mm-hmm. situation. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good scene. I, they didn't really deviate aside of it except for gas stations. A lot of the gas, gas stations. stations. Of course, the highway as well as maybe the wooded area where Joshua Jackson. The highway was probably the biggest Biggest. Biggest killer as yeah. a whole, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you brought up something really interesting, just the anonymity that's associated with uh, university, especially when you're out of high school, yeah. right? like with the faculty where everyone knows everyone, and now you're in this vast space with all these different strangers, and anybody could be the killer. Um, and specifically... Right, like and when, everyone has a past. Right, that you, don't that you have about. no clue about. You have mm-hmm. no sense of the context of... Of the characters, um, and also when Fred, not Fred Krueger, but ultimately our professor, played by Robert Englund, mm-hmm. is giving his urban legend lecture, mm-hmm. um, you really get a sense in, the, in those big halls. Yeah. What do you call those rooms? Those big, uh, um, just a ginormous um, university classroom know, where there's, there's lecture hall. A lecture hall. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> when we see them in that lecture hall, it really emphasizes the fact that yeah, they, echoes uh, a lot of echoes, a lot of oldness a lot of the kind of uh yeah there was a lot of mystery to the setting i thought it was a it was a good setting for any horror and i love the professor's office that was fun yeah with the hidden room that was cool that was cool uniqueness of the setting nah not so much we're seeing college horror films left and right yeah um, okay, let's talk about the setting of the faculty. Granted, uniqueness is probably not there either. We see a lot in no, high school. But you know what? You see a lot of high school that's romantic comedies. It's a lot that's of true. your um, more serious type movies or your, yeah, kind of heady ones. Or the characters are in high school, but the whole horrors don't take place at the high school. Like kind of this right. one does for you the most part. We didn't venture outside of the high we school. We go to Zeke's place. We go to Zeke's place his where he's house? making his drugs. Yeah, in his garage. Zeke's garage is where really? he mixes up all his drugs. That's where they all do their, their testing oh, of the, yes, the yes, diuretic. Yes, that was a good scene. Um, we get to go into Casey's house a little bit. That's where we get to understand what's going on in his room, and he's not allowed to look at his porn, <laughs> right? Oh. When his dad takes his porn away for acting ridiculous. That was um, early then. I yes, we don't spend a lot of time outside yeah. the school. A lot in the football field too. A lot in the parking mm-hmm. lot. I think they do outside, a good utilization buses, of the school. Yeah, the bus um, parking lot. Uh, yeah, no, I think that the utilization of the school was spot on. Having the gym be completely empty with the two mm. characters there yeah. in that final interaction, the locker room being like you said, like a Jurassic Park kind of scene totally. was cool. Because you know they. They had the locker room at the beginning. Oh, the shower mm. with the with the that old teacher that like, couldn't actually take. I'm so take... glad I got out of gym class. Oh, we have school. another classic trope there with the hair getting ripped out of her so head. And yeah, it was super nasty. So that one was super effective. Yeah. Um, the aesthetic, the ambient quality. Did it feel like a high school to you? Did it remind you of your the ones you've been to? 
Yeah, I think they did a good job with like the cinematography of how kind of they walked the halls and navigated or zoomed in on specific kind of clicks and I mean cliches to a certain respect. I don't know if it's like that now, and I don't really remember if it was like that then. I think it was. I mean, I'm I'm in high schools often, um, and I feel like it was pretty pretty true to to the feel of it, the ambience. I mean, do the Letterman jackets still exist? Yes, really. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! Two years later, I had one after this was made. Right, two thousands when I graduated. Right, I didn't wear that up. You had one that was ten. 15 years ago but like now do they exist oh oh i see what you're saying now no i don't think so not as much yeah maybe in like podunk towns but certainly not yeah it's a um, weird larger kind of i, I had one it's yeah the ugliest thing ever. i never wore mine sorry mom <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's break down uh the parameters for the setting uh what are we going to give urban legends out of four 2.5 yeah, I think they did well with it. We saw a lot of. It I really what, loved um, it the was. radio station where Tara Reid is killed. That's such a great location. They use it in Killing Eve too. And I kind of liked that. Yeah, how kind of abandoned it seemed, but mm-hmm. you could tell it was like you know it's like the financial district of any big city. You know, there's a lot going on there during the day, but at right. night it's kind of yeah. like so eerie. Ominous. Um, the faculty, what are we given? More than 2.5, probably. Like a three. Yeah, I'd I mean, say three's fair. I mean, it's cliche. I mean, you can't really screw up a high school, can you? True. Um, okay, let's bop back over to Urban Legends and talk about if there's deeper meanings. Did you see any? I think we kind of alluded it, alluded to it at the beginning. It was kind of that concept of playing telephone mm-hmm. or like fake news or whatever. Is how, you know, you can't mm. always believe what you hear because right. it gets kind of disseminated over time is that the right word or like kind of changes its meaning over the years or over the days or over the minutes that this information is translated from one person to another so an urban legend could have been you know so and so tripped and fell and then you find out so and so got hit by a car like things can get so misconstrued over time so i think that's obviously a potential yeah. I love your fake news angle on it, and I completely agree. I think it's really emphasizing the power of oral tradition. The first thing ever written in the English language was Beowulf after mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of years, people passing it down orally. And the there are multiple uh, versions of Beowulf because the way that it was passed was variant as time passed and different people maybe emphasized different parts. There might have been cultures that found... Uh, uh, Grendel's mom more scary or the dragon more scary and they get, you know, a bigger, bigger uh, portion of it as a whole. Yeah. But I love the oral tradition and that, that's really celebrated in it. Um, and just like the effects Yeah, storytelling. Of- I think storytelling is a great thing that, you know, it's part of kind of any, any plot. Yeah, and how storytelling influences human behavior, too, Mm -hmm. ultimately. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I sometimes check the backseat. It makes you happy, it makes you sad, it makes you paranoid, it makes you... Exactly, right, right. I definitely check the backseat of my car every once in a while, and that's... Yeah. Not every time. I'm not scared like that, but... I think you should be more scared about other things related to your car. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe true. Too much, TMI. (laughs) Um, There's not a body in the trunk, I swear. (laughs) More like... The brakes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The brakes, the catalytic converter. Uh, yeah, let's, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> um, deeper meanings in the faculty. Okay. Oh. So you think it is pro-drug? Because I want to combat that. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, certain things we said at the beginning. I, uh, the one thing that made me think, oh, yes, it totally is, is that the, when a Stan is telling a Stokely 
it's so much better. Mm-hmm. All your worries are gone. You don't have to be scared anymore. Right. That kind of thing and poured it out. Um, but maybe switch it around and he didn't have to take the drugs and thus he... Well, hear me out on this. Okay. I feel like in the movie, it's so easy that drugs are the answer. On the surface, it may seem like, oh, well, maybe this thing is kind of bolstering drug use. But during this era, kids in high school especially were being medicated. Not just taking drugs, being medicated so that they were more compliant for their teachers, for their parents, able to ultimately be like a zombie in class, whether it was the Adderall that hooked you in and made you focus, made you do your homework more, or a Prozac that made you comfortable enough to actually Uh be sitting there. I think this might be commentary on the over-medication of children. And that's not the easy, there's no such thing as an easy answer when it comes to how kids should act certainly adolescents when they're i hear what you're saying you face some conflict with that because you know a lot of times drugs are necessary absolutely but sometimes they let me look at the heroin epidemic or the oxycodone or what what is it sometimes they're over uh or seen as the solution without looking at other alternatives agreed Overuse, overuse. I think that might have been what it was. Yeah, somebody could write or develop an entire class on this type of this movie and what those meanings could be. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on in the faculty. Um, Also, just like let's let's call up that guy. Who's who's the producer or the writer? Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Let's give him a call. See what he says. Uh, I was was actually talking about him yesterday with Chris because he wrote "I Know You Did" last summer too. Kevin (laughs) (laughs) Williamson. But I think this is maybe uh, his best. Uh, script. I, I love Scream. I think Scream is maybe one of the best horror films ever. I just want to know what sort of drugs he's taking. Interesting. Interesting <laughs> question. Um, we looked him up yesterday. He's not really uh, making the rounds as much anymore. He's getting producer credits more than actually writing credits. Is this the guy who is um, the shorter guy in that duo clan of... I don't think so. Um, um, I don't know what he looks like. James Island Bob? No. Oh. No, no, no. That's Kevin Smith. Oh, Kevin Williamson okay. is a straight horror guy. Oh, okay. um, I can't actually think of how he looks right Sorry, now. Sorry, at Kevin Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so beyond beyond the uh, the drug bit, I do think it talks about just like how schools are kind of run like a factory system. Mm. Ultimately, we are still teaching our kids in a way that is kind of antiquated given um, our new society. Given and how- nowadays how little funding schools are getting mm. and teachers go on strike. Hey, what's happening in Chicago? Chicago in a Public Schools, weeks? exactly. Ooh, which I'm strike. part of. Yeah. Um, I think they also make a really good point that all the money is uh, diverted to sports. But and how many people Hallu actually benefit from that City. versus the academic side of school? Right. What about Stan deciding to quit football? Oh, that's right. Pursue... I mean, Stan, an interesting character, though. I like Stan. A jock Stan. you could actually sympathize with. Uh, I like Stan a lot. Uh, okay, let's give deeper meanings uh, pentagrams. Um, what do we give in Urban Legend? I think we've really had to stretch it to try to find what Two. we found, but what we found could could be something, but I don't know if it was the intention. So I'm going to go with a two. Two. I think two's fair. And now that we've been talking about the uh, the medication of kids and school, Four. I think there's something there. Let's go 3.5 because I, that was literally found on the spot here. I hadn't like premeditated Well, we had one. a bunch of other ones too. That's true. Okay. But I still think 3.5. Okay. <laughs> if you want to, you can fight me for the four. He already wrote You can down fight me for the four. You want to fight the four? It's going to be no, a moot we point. Fight. We compromised with me earlier. It's going to be a moot point when, when it comes down to it here. Okay. I think we have a winner, but how many? Well, we just let's talk really quick about the fright factor of urban legend. Um, was there any oh. moments that scared you or your favorite okay, I kills? I think urban legends had a lot more, like, 
scares, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 jump scares especially. Jump scares, jump but scares. even just the way people are and attacked. Killed. Yeah, axes, choking. Oh, mm-hmm. poor Joshua Jackson. <laughs> was, what was um, <laughs> your favorite kill? I thought Joshua Jackson's kill was the best kill of the bunch. Tell them what that uh, uh, urban so legend was. It was if a woman and a man go out into the um, wilderness or whatever in their car and the guy goes out for a wee or to, you know, do something outside, whatever it need be. <laughs> Vlog the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a saying? In the movie, uh, oh. Christopher O'Donnell or Christopher McDonald, the father of... Casey, he says, yeah, and then, no more flogging the bishop. And then uh, the the redhead goes, shake it off. <laughs> That's right. Inside. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so the guy goes out for we, and then uh, all of a sudden the woman hears, uh, like, tapping or something. Scratching um, on the roof. Scratching on the roof, and it ends up being the feet of the guy who's been hung in the tree above mm-hmm. her. It's a very, like, kind of not feasible urban legend. That would have been really hard, especially given who our killer is. This girl, she was able to string him up and hang a a 200-pound guy. Um, But the the payoff of it is great, though, because ultimately, if she moves the car, scared by what the scratching is... And the only way she would... Like, she couldn't have lifted him to raise him. It had to be the car moving to raise him. Yeah, that's a good point. I I mean, that was definitely impossible. Uh, It was a good scene, though. It was a really good scene. That was the best death, I think. When she reverses, his body falls through the window, too. It was was well thought out as a whole. I like that. Um, I really liked the death of the the roommate. Oh, the, the Deans is a good one too, but I want to talk just briefly about the roommate's death because ultimately There's they set up this, oh my gosh, I have this goth, really like hate-filled uh, roommate who's over-sexualized and she's always walking into the room when she's getting it on. So the second time that this happens that we see it, of course, she's not actually getting it on. She's being strangled mm-hmm. and brutally murdered by Rebecca Gayhart's character. Um, and then she just is there while it's happening, putting on her headphones, I know. right sleeping How next creepy. to. Well, that was super creepy for me. That is so creepy, and there is something to be said that is immediately presumed to be a suicide after mm-hmm. the fact, mm-hmm. especially like with the writing on the True. wall. So freaking, like. Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Yeah, aren't you glad? You, but also, that's your protagonist uh, that you thought was so fabulous. She's the one who immediately says. There's no sign of foul play. It's a suicide. That's a good point. Should we so, go back and two dig Two points it? taken away from her. Uh, uh, okay, the Dean's kill. Talk about what was good about the Dean's kill. Uh, hitting him right where it hurts. or Achilles tendon Achilles slicer. Tendons, and which is then, kind of a rip off of Pet Cemetery, but I've never we'll let it slide. That. But the you always wonder about those things that punch your tires. Like, a little dangerous. Yeah. That oh, the spike wire, strip. Barbed wire. I'm always like, those things, like, if you accidentally stumble upon them... Right. Yikes. What about the Pop Rocks death? Did that do it for you? There was no Pop, Pop Rocks. Rocks and Drano. Yes. He put, before he put the Drano in the guy's mouth, he put Pop Rocks in there oh, first. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, so that was a callback. I thought to, it was a beer bong that he threw. It was like a gasoline um, yes, funnel. Yes, a beer bong. Oh, okay. Fair yeah. enough. That's, so that's, they were using yeah. the beer bong on the dog earlier. Oh, the that's right. The dog and gets microwaved. Poor. Oh, God. That's so. You Boy. know what that is? That's like that movie that we watched. The Willies? Yes, with the guy from 
The big heavy set guy from uh, Camp on Wana. Donkey Lips, Donkey Camp, Lips. Yes, uh... indeed. Uh, the poodle gets <laughs> oh, microwaved in that. that honestly, that's a movie I will never ever that's be able nasty. to watch again with the fly. The and then fly he turns stuff. into a fly. Oh my god. Uh... But then I think about like these horror films. I used to think they were real, not horror films. I don't even. I can't You're even jaded call them. now. You're jaded I don't now. Think, I think they're just all humorous. At the end uh, of the that's why this is mainstream horror. If we get a little acidier, watch something like Antichrist. Yeah. See if that scares okay, you. Yeah, <laughs> um, or Mark. Martyrs, for Norris's goodness sakes. Norris's movie is called The Train to... Train to Busan's fun. Busan. That's a foreign. That would have yeah. to be its own month, foreign horror movies. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so Fright Factor. Was there any other deaths you wanted to mention? Uh, did we? I feel like we're missing I one. I mean, Tara Reeves didn't show it. But that was she Her with a good chase down. chase down was good. That was good. That's and true. it's implied that she's just axed in the face multiple yeah. times. And she put up a good fight, man. She, she did. took the fall without getting her And it's herself. all broadcast the whole time, which makes it yeah. that much scarier. People think that she's just doing some sort of radio play. They do that type of stuff in a lot of That's movies, true. So. It is a now little cliche. Now it's all social media. It's, yeah. That's a good point. Um, okay. Oh, hello, clown. Oh, my God. I just thought there was a clown behind me. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the faculty sprite factor. <laughs> uh, I thought it was more psychedelic than anything else. It wasn't really frightful. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I was a little scared I think, like, the sticking of the tongue down people's ears was freaky. Yeah, yeah. Um... Just the intimidation of teachers for the for the kids too. This is yeah, something... no escape. Like there's no way out. You're the principal's uh, the principal both principal deaths. I felt figures. like were scary. Author- then when oh I hate to say it when the cop became an alien, it was like there's no way out now. Remind me what goes down there. The, okay, so um, Elijah Wood's character complains. Oh, the that's parents right. come in, and then the principal takes the cop. The cop comes out. And then... But you hear the, a little scuffle in the principal's yeah, office. but then the principal tries to take his mom in. Right. And he saves See, that mom. sort of stuff is almost yeah. scarier than like a jump, yeah, jump scare to me. The implication of his mom... And frankly, they immediately want to go to a shrink for him. So that kind of backs up my idea of That's over-medicating true. kids when they don't actually need That's it sort of thing. That's true. Um, possibly. Was there, I think the John Stewart uh, death was exciting and a little scary when he turns on him. That's true. Yeah. Don't you think when he locks the door? Yes, when he locks the door, turns around, he's throwing the kids like He Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and also when they first find the little pod, the little parasite, and then they put it in the water and it's able to mimic their shape. That sort yeah. of stuff is like more scary to me than. Yeah, than I, I agree. It, bloody murder. It's weird that I find it maybe more possible. I, oh, yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> than, do. I mean, but I said a psych, psycho woman. And psycho anyone is very very possible. I watch a lot That's of That's true. It but, is more realistic than. But than not in people. the way she went about it. No, I don't think so. I think aliens are more possible. <laughs> well, I completely agree with you there. But if they are more possible than a psycho killer, the implications of that are. You need to get my friend Lauren on here, who's a true believer. Is she like aliens. Dan Aykroyd? Oh, she goes all the way. Oh, she goes all the way. Um, okay, let's do the math here. I'll tell you what, people. The bell has rung. Oh! We have the most iconic... Which Josh is it? <laughs> Josh Hartnett takes the cake. Josh Hartnett takes the faculty. cake! The faculty is the most iconic horror movie of 1998. And he's uh, Kevin Williamson is redeeming himself because he lost 1997. <gasps> Why? Um, I know what you did last summer. Lost The Devil's Advocate. The Devil's Advocate was ultimately the more iconic of that year. Aww. Despite an amazing final girl in Julie James, uh, The Devil's Advocate is a, overall a much, much better horror film. 
Interesting. I'll have to check it out. So I want to thank uh, Magpie Jones for being yo, part yo, of this yo. podcast again. Is there anything uh, you want to promote or how, how do people follow I really, you? Really, you make me feel bad about myself because I never have anything to promote, but I'll work on that. Well, Objectify.com <laughs> is coming down the line. It's coming down yeah, the peak. It's it, still in yeah, production. Don't check it out yet because this is a very temporary placement right How now. do they follow you on Insta or Twitter? At Large Travels. At Large Travels. And of course, if you want to support the podcast, please check out my novel at companydreamer.com. You can also learn all about the dream recording industry there. And I want to emphasize that on the 16th, which also happens to be our mom's birthday, uh, my third album with uh, Mr. Josh Kirkland um, and our band Compudactyl will be released. And it's called uh, They Would Know It Was Us. So until the next time, as they say in the business, the bell has rung. rung.